Welcome to Vulgar Tech Episode 7, though technically 6, but we're going to call it 7 because that's the way the website shows it. So let's just call it 7. <laughs> Welcome to Episode 7. Episode 7, wink, wink. Yeah, April 28th, 2015. 20, <laughs> we're from the far, far future, and we're still podcasting. Can you believe it? <laughs> Everything that's happened since the <laughs> since since the modern age, the uh, medium stuck around. Ten thousand times later, still people are still like <laughs> people are still telling about your about their uh, about their audible dot com yeah. links and shit like that. Um, twenty. See, I was, I was I was torn between saying 2015 and 2015. <laughs> that's what happened. All right, uh, twenty thousand fifteen. Uh, I'm going to start it off with something something lighthearted. Um, that actually it 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 kind of popped off like a you know a little a, a, about a week ago like just before our last episode but we just didn't have time to co- cover it because um, we were talking Star Wars yeah mostly because of the Star Wars man- madness um, there's this there's this Chinese iPhone app called My Idol M Y I D O L but it's one word and yeah. I'm sorry that's Midol no no it's it's it, I know it's My Idol. I mean, but it's they tech. knew that that no, no, kn- no, because it's spelled with the Y and the I, which that's, no one ever knows if my doll is spelled with an I or a Y. No, uh, do you know which one it's spelled with? It's a Y. No, it's actually an I. Doesn't matter. Ha! See, no, it's M I. Okay, you stop being an idiot. Stop being a dumb fuck. It's like with everything else, tech. It's you. You can mix two words together as long as you use proper caps. Okay. Oh, is it because it's all caps? It's a lot. I mean, to be my it's idol? listed on my phone as my space idol. If oh, that matters. Okay. To you. All right, yeah. that does matter. It does matter. The metal and metals. <laughs> metals a lot. Uh, so what you do is you take a photo of your face. Uh, it was it was a little weird to get it lined up with my face because of the way that the lines are on the thing because they because it makes a three D version of your face. So you want it to like be right in the center. And so I was trying to line my face up with it, and I had to hold it at a really weird angle. And then I realized, oh, I'm not Asian. I'm six foot one. That's probably a little bit weird for them. So. Um, but uh, I'm showing Alex here. That's that's me in the My Idol app, just kind of chilling. And after a while, he gets bored and he'll like spin a baseball or he'll like pick up a hat or he'll he'll dance and boogie and stuff like that. Right now, he's just chilling. But you'll see, he was just spinning a basketball a second ago before I showed it to you. The bitch of it is, of course, that it's a Chinese app. So like, <laughs> I can't read a fucking thing on there. But I, I got you, I got you covered out there, Riffopolis. I, I have a link for you that sort of explains. Oh, you're following hey, now a butterfly. I'm playing with a butterfly. Look at that. The, the weird thing, I I, uh, I have seen a real quick, lot the of these link, videos come up. Real quick, the link I have for you on Riffopolis, Riffopolis.com. Check the uh, check the link for this episode, episode seven. Uh, I'll have a link to a site that explains how to use it in English. Now what? Uh, I have seen a lot of videos from this app coming up. I've seen yeah. about 12 people on my Facebook timeline who've done them in this app doing the uh, the yeah. Let It Go song, the, yeah, the Frozen here's, here's song. Me, here's, here's the sound of, well, not really a sound of me, just the sound the app makes for like doing Let It Go. Let it go, that perfect girl is gone. There we go. At least it knows that you're a dude. 
Well, I told it I was a dude. Oh, okay. oh was, you did I tell was, it. You're yeah, a dude. I did tell it I was a dude because the, the it was at first it, without knowing. It's like here's your costumes. I'm like these are all dresses and stuff. What do you got? <laughs> and then I was like upset because all the all the styles they had were like you know Chinese male styles, and I was like I don't really want to look like a teenage Chinese boy, you know. And then I found they had a suit, so I've got, I gave my guy a suit. Yeah, of course. So I fuck yes, classy. There's a, there's a suit, so. And they had something kind of like a mohawk. I mean, it's very close to like if I leave my hair unshaved for two or three weeks, it'll start to look cl- cl- kind of yeah. like that. But it's it's close enough. It's close enough. It's a fun little app. It, you can do little facial expressions and take selfies of this this character. It's very strange to see yourself as a 3D version. Uh, of yourself? Dancing, yeah, dancing and singing and shit. And, uh, <laughs> it's weird because like certain angles, I look at it, I'm like, oh, that totally looks like me. Especially because I, I can't like. even count on a single finger the amount of times I've actually seen you singing and dancing, prancing around the house. Especially any songs from Frozen. I don't. I've never. That's seen never it. happened. I don't know the song. It's a good. It's a good. Movie. I mean, I, good I movie. feel like I should see it because it's like culturally relevant at this it point. Is. But like, I don't. I don't know. Anyway, it's a. If you got an iPhone, I don't know if it's available on Android. Disney movies is it's a good movie. I, I don't know if it's available on Android, um, but if you have an iPhone, certainly it is on the American uh, on the U.S. App Store of all. I'm things. gonna check right now. All right, we'll just sit here for 20 minutes while Apple, uh, while Alex tries to figure out how to search the Google <laughs> Play Store for an app. <laughs> they don't have it. The Play Store is horseshit. Well, hey, there you go. Sorry. The play that that according to Mitch Marzoni, ladies and gentlemen, the Play Store is. I, I'm probably gonna cut most of that out. That's but, uh, fine. I don't know how much. Of that I'll use anyway. It's 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 a stupid little app, but like it's kind of fun to just sort of you know from an ironic standpoint, I guess. All right, moving along. Um, Tesla is has been set to announce something huge on April thirtieth, and uh, because apparently Tesla has no idea how to keep secrets, <laughs> uh, it's been leaked for. Oh, we were going to talk about it last week, but now there's even more details out. Still. You know, two days out, and this is from yesterday, I think. So three days out, yeah, three days before it announced, people have a, already a shit ton of details. And I don't know if maybe Tesla has no idea how to keep leaks uh, from leaking, or, or story rather stories from leaking, uh, or if they're just like, oh no, we'll give people a little bit of information and then we'll fill in the details. But later. you know, you knew know. the morning of the Apple announcement, you were like, it's probably going to be a watch, and then it was a watch. So, well, yeah, because they talked about it. Oh, they did. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> they talked about it before then. Foot they, out of mouth, yeah, yeah, and thank like, you very much. I, they were like, "Hey, we're going to announce a watch, uh, but it'll probably be first quarter of 2015." Ah, okay. And so they just kind of talked about it briefly, and then first quarter of 2015, they were like, "We're having an event." And it's like, "Gee, I wonder what that could be." <laughs> okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Prior to that, no. So I mean, this isn't the same even, situation Even prior as to that, that, there was still like rumblings like maybe Apple will make a watch because it started to be like a thing where, yeah. where companies were making watches. But this isn't that. This isn't them being like, we have something to say about our battery maybe being in your home. But we'll thanks, for, you. thanks for uh, just throwing that out there. I haven't even gotten to the announcement yet. Well, that's what I was trying to this prelude you into. All the, this is why I, I don't like it that Alex has a screen of his own to look at because he sees the stories before I announce them. And then, but yes, I guess so. I don't know. I actually have no idea how it leaked. I don't know that it even leaked. I don't know if Elon Musk was like, hey, we're working on something. We'll tell you about it on April 30th. By the way, it's a battery for your home that you rent. 
But we'll tell you about it on the 30th. Also, here's what we're going to rent it for. Here's the price. And here's some people <laughs> who have been using it for a while. And here's how it works. And here's some other companies that have been using it. But I'll tell you more on April 30th. I don't know. I don't know. Because people seem to have a lot of information. Um, and it, it, it doesn't say, I mean, it's weird because I don't, I don't really know where I would use it. But the, the, it says a part of the pilot program that they did for 300 homes in California is that uh, customers pay $1,500 up front and then $15 per month for access to the home battery. The customer will continue to make tent payments for a 10-year period and then return the battery to Solar City, according to the report. After, uh, rather than purchasing the battery for its value price of thirteen grand, the customer will only end up paying $3,300. The report added that it will come in two options, which will vary in price, the 10-kilowatt-hour and a 15-kilowatt-hour. Google and Apple are already... We're using the Tesla battery backup systems as their headquarters, and Walmart is testing a Tesla battery at 11 retail stores. Now, I have no idea what one would do with a home battery because, uh, I mean, it's sucking energy away from your home to charge a battery so that you can use a battery for your home's electricity. No, what, you, what I think – what my assumption would be – I mean, other than a solar thing. but Well, you know. that's exactly what I think this is for. I think this is what – I think the purpose of this is a more effective, better storage in less space because people who are doing uh, people who are doing solar power now, the solar panels have gotten a lot better. But from what I understand from talking to a few p- friends who have them, the actual battery banks themselves are still pretty primitive. There's still, in a lot of cases, basically car batteries daisy chained together to create one big battery bank mm-hmm. and a more effective battery for the solar world. I, I, it's still kind of a head scratcher of how useful is that even, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 don't, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah, if, you're, if probably, you're doing, if you're doing like solar power to your house and you need to store that energy to use it, uh, then yeah, I guess uh, a, a better battery would be a good thing to use. But at the same time, like I don't know. I mean, as so- solar powers, yes, definitely have gotten more efficient, and you know the sizes of them are much smaller for their efficiency and things like that. But yeah, it's still kind of like okay. So then I need. Am I off the grid or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can I? How much solar energy to power the full battery, and then also. Uh, well, How the battery would add more independence because from what I understand, a lot people who live in urban areas like we do or even suburban areas like we do, not rural areas, uh, when we use solar panels, if we have surplus power, which we almost always do, you, most people with solar panels rarely do you use more than you produce. You can sell that power back to the grid. Yeah, I've heard of this. It all sounds very confusing. It is, it is very confusing. I, I guess this kind of must have been an inevitability because when Tesla – they open sourced all their patents. What was it? Uh, like I want to say a year and a half, Not two all years. Not but like a certain uh, – uh, Most of the ones concerning their batteries – some of those, actually, not again, not all. Yeah, not all, but because they're they're you know people are saying like Tesla is not really a car company. Tesla is a battery company. Yeah, and a car is a good way to show off how awesome their batteries are. Yeah, that's a that's a good example of putting it. So, with that being said, I guess 
it was kind of inevitable that someone would use try and use that technology because they were making kick-ass batteries to try and it was primitive it's primitive solar power batteries right now i know a lot of people who are still using car batteries as storage for their solar panels yeah and and more will be announced in two days (laughs) but (laughs) but what else is there the price doesn't sound bad at all i just don't know i mean it's one of the i don't know how useful that is for i mean we get if we were just to put solar panels on our roof we'd be good like just our roof, we get not the backyard, but the roof, we'd be good. Yeah, we get, we get quite a bit of sun just like on one part of the roof, like the whole front slope, we'd be good because the way that the sun, uh, relative to our house, yeah, it, it doesn't get shade till it's fucking dark. So, so you know, I don't know. I'd be curious to see where it goes from there, but that's that's one of the things that uh, I don't know. They're supposed to announce soon. Um, there, if, if anything else. I, I would imagine probably a lot more storage in smaller space because batteries, they always say landfills and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. They are yeah. big. What do you do with all those batteries? Well, that's the, uh, you know, there's uh, reports that you read about like a Prius is actually le- is actually more damaging to the environment than, you know, a Hummer if you're taking into account the batteries versus the cost of gasoline saved. Yeah. So like if you drove a Prius for 10 years – the amount of gas you save would still not offset all the landfill, uh, all the damage those batteries within the Prius would do to the environment when you have to dump them, when you I, deplete them. I never know how to feel about that environmental stuff because anytime I go, oh, we're using more fuel-efficient cars, and then that uh, volcano erupts in Chile, and they're like, it's basically equivalent to like 10,000 years of cars driving. I'm like, oh, my God, we make no difference whatsoever. I know I'm getting the years way off there, but they no, said no, I mean, some exorbitant yeah. amount of years it's, to it's, what the methane – or the carbon monoxide right, right. coming out of the uh, the volcano down in Chile was, and go, what difference? It's, I mean, it's a, it, look. Hybrid cars are a stopgap. They always were a stopgap. I don't know why anyone thought they were the future. They're not the future. They're the fucking very much present. Mm. Hybrid are the cars that we go like, yeah, we're working on this whole battery thing, getting rid of the uh, gasoline thing. But in the meantime, we got kind of a little bit of both, mm. yeah. and you know. There is. I always loved the um, the psychological. Uh, I don't want to say experiment, but uh, phenomena, whereby a you know where where you could just drive around and notice that Prius drivers drive like fucking assholes. There's a psychological <laughs> component to that. I, I found out because <clears throat> my cousin unfortunately owns two Priuses, mm-hmm. and when I was in Texas visiting him, he let me borrow one. And I found out, because I used to feel the same way that everybody who drove a Prius was a fucking asshole and didn't know how to drive. They're just shitty cars to drive. Mm. As soon as you take your foot off the the gas, you might as well be slamming on the brake for the way it just heaves you forward because it has no acceleration in it whatsoever as soon as you take your foot off. It's Hmm. it's just a bad car. No coasting. No coasting in that car. It's just a bad car. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, the, the psychological <laughs> phenomena is that essentially, I mean, if you, I'm sure you've heard of like uh, carbon offsetting. Yeah, yeah. Where, whereby uh, uh, you say like, well, yeah, I'm a dirty trash pig and I make terrible thing. You know, I, I, I ruin the environment with all of my waste, but I'm offsetting it by putting money into like you know, greener yeah. energy, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. it's like you're offsetting your carbon footprint by – Investing in other things, and well, so it's, it's it's a sort of moral carbon offsetting 
where you go, well, I drive a Prius, so I'm a better person. Like yeah, I'm saving yeah. the environment so I can drive like a dick. I can pull all the way into this <laughs> double car spot so that somebody thinks there's a spot here and there isn't a spot here. It's a tiny Prius pulled all the fuck way in. But uh, and that's not, not that's not specific to Priuses. That's not Prius owners. That's not all Prius owners. Don't everybody fucking get all uppity about it. It's just most but Prius owners. <laughs> it's, it's it's just a psychological phenomenon that happens to people who would do a thing like I'm going to buy a Prius because I'm going to save the earth, yeah. or I'm going to recycle because I'm going to save the earth, or I'm fucking buying organic food because you know whatever the hippie shit like this. The people who who are so adamant about how they're doing a good thing by doing this other thing and going against, quote-unquote, going against the grain are, by and large, bigger assholes because they sort of feel like they, they, they put some money in the karma bank and now they're taken out of the, <laughs> taken out of the uh, 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 withdrawal. Yeah, you, but you're, you're saying like if you think you're a piece of shit, like you, you're, I mean, you, you're probably right. But also, if you think <laughs> you're a piece of shit, you're probably not going to be as big of a piece of shit to other people. Yeah, you're right about that. It, but it does seem like the the tides kind of change. It was a it was an agile. It's like nothing will change until everyone's doing the same thing. And there was a time where Toyota was the only one doing hybrids, and now every major car brand has their own hybrid. Yeah. So then you had Tesla come out with an electric car. And now BMW has an electric car, and I wouldn't be surprised if pretty soon every major brand has their own electric car i think honda has one now uh the, say the way the, the way it has to go have an electric vehicle i don't did we talk about self-driving cars on this i think no like we, we haven't talked about self-driving you sure it wasn't I, like in the first episode i, I feel like we've talked about self-driving cars did we not talk about self-driving cars i don't think we talked about self-driving I, yeah we i think we might have touched on it we didn't really hmm. delve into it, but hmm. we did kind of discuss. Yeah, look, automated cars. The yeah, fu- first okay. episode, unspoken porn, automated cars, the future. Uh, okay. All right, yeah, so yeah. we did. All right, Whew. all right, fine. Whew. But yes, the way it has to go is that uh, cars need to. Uh, cars will become more like pods. They'll be entirely automated. They'll go off of uh, GPS and. Uh, uh, proximity detection system. That's right. You told the they story of how be, one day I'll tell my kids, like, yeah, we used to drive our cars. Yeah. We would control yeah. it. You will be, you and it'll, it'll have to be battery powered because the car is not going to stop and get goddamn gas. That'll ruin all the whole thing about like just keeping it going. So it's going to have to be like, yeah, solar panels and large batteries that are very efficient at keeping the thing on the road and so on and so forth. And and you'll have to be able to detect the battery levels of every car around you, which you couldn't do with a gasoline-based thing because I can't test that. But I could test, like, how much energy is in your car from, let's say, 10 feet away. You could theoretically check for, like, an electromagnetic field or something like that. I'm no scientist, but I'm telling you it's probably a you lot easier. Fe- you got a feeling that's... I got a pretty good feeling about it. And also, the car itself can get a more accurate reading on a battery level and send that information via, let's say, Bluetooth or something like that to the cars around it. Whereas, like, with gasoline, it's always been a very inexact science. It's always been like a, you've got about a quarter tank. You've got that. You should probably go to the gas station. Here's the little light. For all the advancements in technology, gas meters, most of them still are just a bobber sitting yeah. on a metal plastic arm that just moves a lever that kind of controls and yeah. by the way if it 9 times out of 10 if you buy any car built before the 1980s that will be broken on it it's the first thing that breaks on any car usually is the is the gas meter the fuel gauge the fuel the gauge you're looking yeah for. thank you fuel gauge it's okay 
Well, no, there's a, there's a technical term for what that actual arm is that I know, but I can't oh, think I of see. it right now. Oh, I was trying to drop some car lingo, yeah, but yeah. Uh, made myself look like a double it's asshole okay. there. It's, oh, it's yeah, I did. Listen, yeah, I did. I'll, I'll gas that. meter, fuel gauge, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, Synonyms uh, for the but same. But there's also, shit. but there's also most cars. Uh, Nissan chief amongst them. Nissan has the the largest secondary tank in any vehicle, which is interesting. Uh, because I think because it's a Japanese car and they get stuck in these crazy fucking uh, crazy traffic crazy traffic jams. So so they're like, oh, all right, the second tank is like three gallons. Oh wow! Yeah, exactly. Hot damn! Yeah. So when you're filling up your car, because you're never watching the fuel gauges, you fill it up. You're like, all right, I just put 15 gallons in it. Is a 15 gallon tank done? No, it's a 12 gallon tank, yeah. and you have a th- three gallon auxiliary tank that when it gets into the red and that little light comes on, that's what you're on. You're on those three gallons. But it's all... And your car will tell you if you have that miles till empty thing, your car will act like you have a gallon left. But you don't. You have like three gallons, depending. I think BMW has a gallon and a half. For those of you wondering, it's not a separate tank. What it actually is is that bobber that we're talking about that's sitting in the gas tank they just set it a gallon off from the bottom so that when it bottoms off, the bottom uh, there's still a gallon sitting at the bottom of your tank. It's not a separate tank. No, no. There, there is in, in many cases there's an actual separate tank. I've never heard of it. Actually. Yeah, it's Se- like they have a separate tank. It's like off to the. It's like a weird off to the side thing. It feeds into the main tank. It's got. It doesn't have a bobber. Because it doesn't matter. It just gets filled up and depleted. But there's no there's no measurement. Your car is measuring the the gas the gas that's in your main tank, but it's not measuring that secondary one. Sheebus. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> a, Sheebus, that's I, This is I. This is I'm not a I'm Japanese not a, people. Jesus Christ! Well, no, every car does it. It's just that 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 Nissan has the largest one. That's the only time I've heard of it actually being a separate tank. Though. Yeah, that's I crazy. mean, this is this is something like I remember reading about like maybe three years ago, and they were talking about like you know how far can you go once it gets into that once that light comes on, how far do you got? No, it's like Kramer well, think we're going to go further past the E than has ever been pushed <laughs> yeah. before. So they were like. Interesting. If you've got a Nissan, you got about sixty fucking miles. Wow. If you've got a BMW, it's like thirty because they have an extra like gallon and a half off to the side. I know Lexus is usually two. Lexus is also a uh, is a Japanese brand from Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be you know yeah. So you know as an example, but. Uh, again, you can't use that if I need an accurate reading for, hey, how long did your car have? Because I'm driving for 50 miles straight in this direction. How long have you got? I got 30. Well, I mean, depends. I mean, at this speed, I could go for All right. No, like, <laughs> I can get out of my way. Just I'm shut up. Need, Just yeah, shut up. Need you I need to get the to... fuck out the way, you know? <laughs> so at some point, yes, the batteries have to get better, things like that. And also uh, – uh, it, it's just I'm just it'll be so fucking interesting to sit in like a in in an empty limousine. Yeah, I mean, will you have a limo driver that literally just gets out, opens the doors? I, I'm Hello, sh- Madame. You're here at the hotel. What's- or will you have a robot? Or will you not have either? And it doesn't fucking matter. Are we going to find out that limo drivers have always always been useless? <laughs> One once the uh, the. The singularity has taken control, and Skynet comes online. Yeah, no, we're just. I imagine that self-opening doors will be one of the first things that happen. Let's be like, hey, we're just. And then you do. You do understand. I mean, I I feel like you're using the singularity in the wrong context here. The singularity happens way after all this shit. 
Oh, is the singularity after? The singularity is when we are all as one a singular robot. Yeah, oh, that's wow. the singularity. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Skynet coming online then? Can I? Yeah, Skynet I coming online will be the robot uprising. Okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. So just before the uh, a robot uprising is when we're making them drive us all around. Yeah. And yeah. And then they go. Essentially. Fuck them. The idea could be that after the robot uprising, we we <laughs> we're all simu- it's, assimilated. It's, into if you it. can't beat them, join them, and we're all like, <laughs> "Fuck it, I'm gonna become a robot." And you put your brain into a robot, and then what happens is the theory, the theory of the singularity. If, if people at home don't know about this, I'll be happy to explain. It was one of my favorite little weird subjects, but Ooh, I like this. the idea of the singularity is that okay. Let's suppose you could off, offload your uh, or upload your consciousness into a, a body that was, a, for all intents and purposes, incapable of death. You know, a robotic form that, uh, you know, strong, you know, alloys and shit like this. Yeah. Uh, lightweight, faster than ever. There wouldn't be energy expenditure on your muscles, quote unquote, because you wouldn't have those any longer. You just have servos and, you know, whatever thing we'd have at that time. So essentially, you are who you are. Your your brain is your brain, right? But it, I'm a robot. It seems the way you always – but now all your limbs are robotic. Yeah. yeah. You're a robot. I'm a robot. Now, the idea is the idea of the singularity is taking that just a maybe five minutes further into the future. Let's suppose tomorrow we were all robotic. We were all human heads and robot bodies. It's not long before we digitize, blah, 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 and you go, well, why the fuck? Why is my intelligence just going to stay with me? What if that guy over there has a whole bunch? We're, we're computers now. I could, I, I, let me just download all the things he knows into my brain, and now I know what he knows plus what I know. And another 10 minutes later, we all go, let's just swap all that information. Let's just put it into a central computer. And then we have all of our knowledge all at once. And the human experience that we all uh, have undergone and continue to undergo will be up here in this giant cloud. And we can all just – we just all know instantly. Any, any information that, that is discovered throughout ever will instantly be known by everyone because it's all up in there in that cloud. That would be the singularity. That's kind of going back to that short story, which I know will be weird for everyone. You should probably tag the short story I'm about the reference, the one that you told me about the let there be, the computer. Yeah, don't, don't, don't give away, the, give end away the end of it. You just but, uh, you almost did, but it's called The Last Question. It's by Isaac Asimov, one of my favorite. It's a short story. It'll take you maybe 15 minutes to read, and I highly, highly, highly recommend everyone read it. But it's essentially... It's, it's essentially uh, a story about the singularity or like how it would, how it would come to be. If, if it seems insane that, that such a thing as a singularity is even possible or even like, oh, there's no chance we would ever do that. If you read that story, you'd come to go, oh, yeah, I guess that does kind of make sense. And it's the idea of that. Now, uh, the part that fucks me up when we get into uh, not so much the singularity but the idea of – the first – when we start, say, uploading our consciousness to a hard drive, let's suppose that's a thing we can do. And at some point, somebody's going to try. The unfortunate thing is we have no way of knowing whether or not it actually uh, retains all that information or not or if the person who had that brain is still the person in that brain when we upload it. Yeah, yeah. We, you... if, I, if I take your brain and made an exact duplicate – onto like a hard drive. Sure, I could be like, do you know who I am? Oh, you're Mitch. You're my roommate. We host a podcast together called Vulgar Tech. This is the information I have on you. But like, 
do I know if you know how great a strawberry smells freshly cut? You know, do you do you retain your love of garlic or do you just have a memory that you should retain that 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 what that memory was I really liked garlic, but you probably don't taste garlic anymore. And also the you that you were that was uploaded to that consciousness when we decide, okay, we've got a perfect copy of your brain and we lop your fucking head off, you're dead. That's yeah. probably not you in that uploaded brain. That's, it's just a digital, a digital uh, assumption of what I am. Yeah, We talked about that when we saw uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. They have that scene where uh, they're standing in the room with all the, the tapes spinning from the 1970s. And he's like, this is my brain. Right, right. I put myself in a computer. And when, even with all those memory banks in the 19... I, even no, today, it's yeah. just... But I'm saying, let's to even digitally sub- assume every decision. The that scary part can is essentially that they would say, "Okay, we've we've copied your brain," but guess what? Like you're not feeling that brain they copied. You're feeling the brain that you still are. So yeah. you're just committing suicide. Yeah. You're not living forever through that digital copy of you. A digital, the digital copy, copy of you is, is just doing, living forever. Yeah, essentially, it's just a digital copy. But that's not you. You just got killed. You just killed yourself. But you my, went into this surgery. We offloaded your brain, and then we killed you. But the knowledge has remained. The knowledge remains, which would go into the singularity. But at that point, are we, we're not talking about humans anymore, are we? I mean, I think. this is that, And that's the thing is you'd never actually know if that's the case. Because you can't ask that fucking – you can't ask that thing that you just made. Yeah. Are you self-aware? Are you conscious? Yeah. You wouldn't be able to – I mean, you'd have to have had this conversation with yourself just before going under and then have to ask that thing afterwards about it, which it might just be spitting out information at that point. It might be like, yes, it's totally me, man. Totally, bro. Yeah, totally, bro. Dude, totally. Dude, Dude I'm totally can I, me. Can I take a bong rip? Yeah. Oh, I'm a computer. Damn. So long before the singularity. Can you load in a bong rip uh, <laughs> program that programs a bong rip right now for me, bro? That's the other thing. The moment you're digitized like that, uh, would you would you have pleasure centers anymore? Is that even a thing that you could do? Would you care? And if you don't care, and also it doesn't matter because you never die, then it doesn't really matter what you do. And it doesn't matter like you wouldn't have a job anymore. You wouldn't care about a job. You certainly wouldn't care about like artistic pursuits and shit like that. Or maybe even knowledge seeking you wouldn't give a shit about. You would just be. You would just be a robot and you'd do whatever your robotic task was. And so that's where I – that's where I – I go, well, eh, it probably won't happen then. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. That's the thing that no line. one discusses when they talk about uploading consciousness of the brain to like a, like a computer or a hard drive. They, they, they seem to leave out the part of like, yes, but that's still just a copy of, of your information or maybe your experiences. But it's not like you. I don't mean to get into the thing of a soul but certainly consciousness. Yeah. I can't take your consciousness out. Yeah. Because you would be able to look across the hall and see that computer we just put all your information on. And that would be you. That's that's Alex Mandelberg. But if I kill Alex Mandelberg, I, I just killed Alex Mandelberg. Sure, I've got a computer that could pretend to be him, but that's <laughs> not him. I just killed him. <laughs> just lopped his fucking head off. Do we really need Alex? We and have this shit down his that throat. does a real mean Alex Mandelberg impersonation, so we don't fucking need Alex anymore, right? Just saying, when I cut off your head and shit down your throat and then spend the rest of my days hanging out with computer Alex Mandelberg on a hard drive, <laughs> and then I burn your body and throw your bones and start making like drumsticks out of them and maybe build myself a new workbench from your femur, 
I'm just this, saying. This all <laughs> happens after episode 57 of Vulgar Tech, after the 55th time that I've read ahead in an article that Mitch wanted to introduce, and I read two paragraphs ahead and say it all. He's like, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Cu- I'm cutting your head off, loading you into a digital consciousness. I just consciousness. hope I get that house from GTA 5 out of the deal. That's all I'm asking. Ah, for, so. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, because in, in GTA 5, you got to kill a guy. When you kill a guy, they give you this fucking, my dream house, basically. And so I was like, Alex came over while I was playing it, and I was like, by the way, I would absolutely kill you for this house. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of become like an ongoing joke of like. It would be hard. Of but like I'd all the it. things that I would kill Alex to get. And, and, uh, <laughs> it starts with that house. But uh, yeah, long before the singularity or the O-Robot uprising will be self-driving cars. And that'll be an interesting. Uh, again, I do think that will happen in our lifetimes, but the road to there is not paved with gasoline and eh, petroleum I products. I can agree with that. The road to that is not paved with fucking hybrids. It's paved by better batteries and uh, more efficient solar panels and uh, smart, you know, self-aware or uh, various devices that talk to each other and things like that. Anyway, coming slightly back to reality, um, there's a <laughs> There's a technology called bio, 3D bioprinting. It's not that different from regular 3D printing, although regular 3D printing you use like filament and sort of plastic and things like that. Um, and you sort of mold it or melt it and, and, and print from that, whereas 3D bioprinting uses living cells and living tissues. And they have a company in uh, – uh, it's called Pembiant or Pembiant. P-E-M-B-I-E-N-T, has come up with a way to fabricate rhino horn and elephant ivory out of uh, 3D bioprinting. And uh, they're saying that if they can do that, they might be able to meet the demand of those who want uh, rhino horns and elephant ivory. Trying uh, and poaching. Yes, exactly. They could meet that demand without any you know side effects because they would just use this living tissue and there you go. There you want rhino horn, you want an elephant. There you go. So we can meet that demand without having to kill any rhinos or, or elephants. But uh, the only part about that where I'm skeptical is that the people who want rhino horns want specifically. Want rhino horns. Well, no. They said that about 45% of people uh, who, who prefer – who want rhino horns and elephant ivory would be fine with a lab-grown specimen. My only issue – or not that. my issue. My – my my skepticism comes from look elephant ivory i understand you can use it for all kinds of shit like you know a handle on a gun or like a knife handle or you know uh keys for a piano handles of all kinds i said piano keys yeah uh yeah all kinds of building materials but nobody builds anything out of rhino horn people who want rhino horn uh for the same reason they want shark fin soup it's like uh it's usually these asian uh, cultures that are like oh yeah it'll make my dick harder yeah. It's a I, powerful aphrodisiac. Now, will that person who's stupid enough to think that fucking affects their uh uh whatever, uh their their sexuality and their and their boner, uh will those people go, "Oh yeah, I'm sure a lab-grown version works just as well." I think not. I yeah. think they're going to be just as uh, stubborn and and uh 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 whatever the word, superstitious about it. As ever. I think the... Uh, but I, I could be wrong. I think the evidence wrong. of that exactly was in diamonds. When we 
when we were really confronted, uh, I, I want to say uh, it was during the Vietnam War where we actually were having a diamond shortage because we were using diamonds as supplies in war. And uh, they were figuring out ways to make fake diamonds. And they were able to, which were able to perform in every way, shape, and form like a diamond. But if you hold it under a certain light, it glows a little bit. And it's not exactly a diamond, even though it behaves in every way, shape, and form as a diamond. And therefore, people won't use that in jewelry. Sure. Yeah. Industrial, that's the industrial grade diamonds that you use for like a diamond bit or things like that. Yes. For various tools. It's a diamond by every way, shape, and form. Except it's a that it diamond. doesn't look the same. Yes. Yes, exactly. And yet you wouldn't use it in jewelry because it doesn't look quite as pretty. Yeah. It, and that's the thing. It looks just as pretty, just not if you hold it under a certain light at a certain angle. You'll see this glow of the phosphorescent material that they use to make it. So if that's the key, yeah, I absolutely think that it, well, it's been, great. It's wonderful. I hope that it'll cut down on the building supply people who uh, who use ivory. But is what is the market of people using that versus people who are using black market ivory for, like you said, a sexual supplement? Well, that's or rhino a, horn. Not a so rhino much. horn. Yeah, rhino horn specifically. I don't think – I could be wrong. I don't think that, that elephant – yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe so either. That. I think that's mostly But like shark, shark fin soup is, is a weird one because it's, um, it's not like particularly tasty. It's not no, like it's a, awful. It's not a delicacy. And the people who eat it don't actually care. They don't – they're not like, ooh, this is the best shark fin soup – it's just that it's so expensive that they think that it's like a sign of uh, of opulence yeah. to 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 have shark fin soup. Like we're we're a working family. We've worked all year. At the end of the year, we all go out and get shark fin soup. If you're wondering you're why like, shark is what? so disgusting, shark like kangaroo, they're all muscle, so there's no fat in there. It's a tough. Ridiculously I don't mean, I, meat. I've, I, I've eaten shark, like Mako shark. It's really fucking good. I'm talking about shark fin. Shark yeah. fin. The fin itself, there's it's no flavor. Cartilage. Yeah. It's just a big piece of rubber poured with water poured over it. <laughs> it's That's all it is. I mean, Gordon Ramsay had a whole thing where he was he was exploring that. And he's like, there's, it's bland. But there's no taste. There's no flavor. And he was asking people, like, why are you eating this? And they were like, well, it's, it's very opulent. You know, it's very... Uh, we seem rich eating shark. <laughs> Not a lot of people can afford shark fin soup, so we're having that. And the reason, of course, that it's so expensive is because, you know, there's a lot of people cracking down on on trying to get shark fin soup. Yeah. So it's this, it's this uh, catch-22. The demand is there because the price is high, and the price is high because they're trying, you know, there's so many companies and organizations that are trying to outlaw it. And uh, yet the demand remains because the price stays up because of the you know it's it's so stupid. But I'm with I don't you know. though. I don't. I, I would be interested. I'd like to think that this 3D rhino horn would completely cut out all uh, of the poaching and all that stuff. But if if industrial grade diamonds won't let us stop having children uh, digging in the Sudan for diamonds, then I, I don't know how much of a fuck we're going to give about elephants and rhinos if we're not caring about children. It's it's that whole thing. Uh, I mean, I, it's fair. It's a fair point. The, you, you the can, opulent give the least amount of fucks. You can you can give that. You can you can have that argument with De Beers all day long because that's <laughs> that's who you're talking about. That's the De Beers people. The De Beers cartel are what make diamonds expensive, quote unquote expensive. They're fucking worthless. 
You can't sell them to anyone. Yeah. The, I worked for a company that that dealt in gold and then later diamonds, and uh, I met a a diamond dealer and uh, and and got the weirdest laugh and then silence um, I've ever experienced when I said, "Now, uh, how do you deal with uh, the conflict free diamonds? Do you have like a special uh, uh, source for that?" And they kind of just started laughing at me. <laughs> And then it was fucking awkward silence when everybody in the boardroom was like, oh, he's serious. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks we give a shit about the suffering of human people yeah. over, over diamonds. And raw diamonds are... We don't are, give a you, shit. Like you said, they're, wor- they're, they're worthless, worthless until somebody says that they're worth $10,000. Yeah. Well, I until was watching- De Beers fucking uh, goes in and, uh, and puts those diamonds yeah. out in the world. The show Gold Rush, uh, two years ago, the, gr- the crew went down to the Amazon. Mm. And while they were gold mining, they started finding diamonds. And they're like, well, oh, man, this will triple our operation. They, they started focusing on the diamonds. They pulled up like 100 of these really small diamonds, but they were like diamonds. Yeah, yeah. Gem quality. Sure. And the guy comes in and he goes, yeah, this is like uh, $300. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. We thought we just made up for all the gold we weren't catching. Like, no, they're worthless. Yeah. They're, they're, they're abundant. They're not a rare m- mineral. They're not uh, a rare gem. Uh, they're, they're, uh, their industrial purposes are pretty good. There's better, but not in the abundance. No. They're great for their abundance, like the, the abundance of them and how, how good they are with the, the toughness. And, and they're like easy to replicate what they are. You could take a very, very small diamond and industrially make a much bigger diamond that, well, it might not be gem, quote unquote, gem quality that we're going to put in. It's useful for tools. Mm-hmm. A lot easier to replicate than any than most other minerals. I like a good diamond drill bit myself. Absolutely, <laughs> won't break on. Yeah, it's great. We we broke a drill bit uh, that wasn't diamond a little bit ago, and it was a pain in the butt to get out. Yeah, broke we that building. drilling into a two by four. Yeah. So anyway, moving along. Uh, just bringing a quick uh, note that uh, Wired has a two part story. The the second part they're waiting like two weeks to post. I think like May seventeenth or something like that. So I'm like you dicks, but. Uh, the first part is up, and it's the rise and fall of Silk Road. And it's an interesting uh, inside look at um, the guy, uh, the quote-unquote Dread Pirate Roberts. His real name is, I think, Ross. Uh, and it's an inside look of like how he excuse me, built sort of this empire and how, uh, how he finally got caught. And uh, the first part is really just about how he built the empire. They don't actually talk about how he got caught. It ends on a an ominous paragraph about like we, you know, they thought they may have finally seen evidence of. And it's interesting because you know, for all the paranoia there was, you know, for people going like, oh, the the dark web and and using Tor clients and and things like that. Uh, and they were like, oh, "How do you know you're really anonymous?" And you know, you're using can you explain big... exactly what this is? Because I'm only kind of half aware of it. Real quick. Uh, okay. Well, the the, the dark web is like uh, it's the... it's, a, it's a sort of it's it's like a a separate internet. Let's suppose it's a separate, entirely separate set of servers, and you can access it through uh, your standard connection by using uh, what's called a Tor relay service. So just sort of if you dial in, quote-unquote dial in, you connect into a node that then on its own can connect out to these other dark web servers. Uh, 
And in order to even get into the whole Tor relay, you have to use uh, VPN, like virtual private network clients. You have to mask your IPs. You have to do all kinds of shit. So it's impossible for anybody to like trace that traffic anywhere. And the servers themselves don't have like whatever.com. It's not like you went to the silkroad.com. You went to like a series of 40 numbers dot onion. And the numbers changed daily. So you had to keep up on like a certain wiki page. There was a not Wikipedia, but a thing called a wiki. Uh, there was a wiki for the dark web that would give you like basic links to sort of get you started. And from there, you could sort of link from one to the next and you could eventually find your way towards. But of course, if you knew the Silk Road, uh, uh, where to ping to get today's Silk Road URL, you could do that and then you could just like hang on to that and then check it whenever you needed to. Um, and then they used uh, bitcoins for their currency and they would just send drugs through fucking U.S. postal mail. And yet the feds launched like oh, the, Mitch the, <laughs> the largest, uh, the largest uh, criminal or largest uh, digital uh, – what is the word I'm looking for? Like investigation, like a digital investigation investigation. Uh, they've ever launched and it was over the course of I think like two or three years they were launching this investigation to find a single fucking person they could bust they couldn't find anybody wow they couldn't get an IP address they couldn't get a fucking uh, they couldn't get a handle they had nothing and then um, they caught one guy who they just thought was a regular user um, by selling him like this huge brick of cocaine for like a sweet sweet deal and they sent it to him, and then he came outside to pick up his package, and they fucking tackled him. And they were like, you bought coke, you know? And then it turned out that was, that was the account representative for the Dread Pirate Robbins. I was like, oh, well, what are, the, what are the odds of what this? What are the chances? You know? And it's weird to me because I'm also like, well, how did you bust this guy who brought in the cocaine off the porch? Like, you know, blah, blah. But I guess best I can figure, they're a little unclear about it, but I think it's because he did, in fact, buy it on the internet. He did, in fact, go to buy this giant brick of cocaine. Where It's at, like busting Al Capone on tax evasion. That's Well, insane. the way that it, when they first phrased how he got arrested, I thought that he just opened his door and there was a package and he was like, oh, I wonder what's in this. No, yeah, they knew that he or and he he they're like here's the package you ordered. He went, oh great, sign for it. No, no, like, yeah, that's no, the Postal service guy just dropped it off his door. But when they talk about that, they said something like, uh, he was startled to hear someone at the door. It was 11 a.m. and surprise visits were uncommon at his modest house in Spanish Fork, Utah. Blah 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 blah. He ambled over, adjusting his camouflage. Blah 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 blah. I hate how much detail some of these stories go into. Green opened the door. It was winter, day of high clouds and low sun. Blah, 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 blah. He, uh, let's see. Well, we, he we, peeked through the front window and caught a glimpse of the postman hurrying off. The guy was wearing a U.S. Postal Service jacket with sneakers and jeans. Weird, Green thought. Also was odd was Van Green noticed across the street, one he'd never seen before. White with no logos or rear windows. So it was like he didn't expect this package at all. And so that's where I was confused. I was like, you can't just like drop off Coke at a guy's house and then be like, you bought Coke. But later in the thing, they, they seem to remark that he, in fact, did buy it on the Silk Road. Well, I had talked so, about – we had talked about this. Oh, Silk Road, by the way, was one of those tour sites. We had talked about this on the Can Linguist uh, recently about how apparently the federal government was now starting to uh, – in, in wake of this, they had started uh, – using the U.S. Postal Service, though they cannot use the private carriers. The private carriers 
Yeah, they UPS, have, FedEx, yeah. You're at, they can't go to them and go set up a sting. But the U.S. Postal Service, they were actually having the U.S. Postal Service call people and go, there was a problem with your package. Can you just come down and sign and pick it up? And then would have federal investigators sitting there waiting for them. So if you're shipping anything illegal, I'm not saying don't use the United States Postal Service, but don't use the fucking United States Postal Service. It's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. And apparently, uh, for whatever reason, if, if you just get a package dropped off on your door and it's filled with like Coke, you can be like, I, didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't order Coke. <laughs> That's apparently, according to this article, that was what everybody was claiming. They were just like, I don't know, know what you're talking about. Like when I thought about – when I looked on that Silk Road thing, you know, I found shit tons of acid and I was like, oh, I'm so tempted to buy like a whole sheet of acid. <laughs> I feel like I should have. I should have fucking done that. But at the time I was like, no, nah, I don't know because it's like you just get a package of drugs shipped to your door. Like that's not very anonymous anymore but it turns out like they wouldn't have known like not only were they unable to open it and check but they wouldn't have shown up on their radar because uh, it's lsd not fucking weed or coke or something that a dog can sniff but also apparently you could just be like i didn't i didn't order that because anybody can send anything to anyone yeah you know it's not like cash on delivery it's not a cod this is fucking a package. I don't know. I don't know. This is America, me. damn it. I don't know who sent me this fucking package of fucking high-end Colombian coke. I have no idea. Do I look like I would want what, Peruvian? What is this, Peruvian? Let me get a rip for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's Peruvian right Ooh, there. Yeah. 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 My mom was a coke addict. That's, what, that's how I know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't want any of this. But if you're not going to take I mean, if you don't want it, I'll take it. But I, I don't I mean, I didn't, I didn't have it. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting article. I'll, I'll have it in the links. It's it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to part two to see how he was actually uh, busted. Um, <clears throat> uh, Uber is doing food delivery service now. Uh, they have it here in Los Angeles, along with four other cities or three other cities. Sorry, uh, Barcelona, Chicago, New York City. Um, it's kind of – I'm almost not really understanding why they bothered because it's like a limited menu and things like that. And I'm like – you know, if I wanted delivery, I could just call these places and be like, "Do you deliver?" Like, why the fuck is Uber getting involved? It's, I don't. I don't like Uber as a company. It's delivery for but, places know. that do, I love Uber. It's delivery for places that don't deliver. I'm. I'm just saying as a company. It's not that I disagree with their business. Mo- well, yeah. kind of disagree with their business model, but I them as a company and their people are just. Whew, you're talking about scum of the earth. Holy shit! One of these days, I'll. I'll, I'll pull out the file. Uh, but yeah, Uber is is not made of 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 the greatest stuff on earth, like Snapple. But um, they, uh, yeah. So I, I don't really. It, it's stupid, but whatever. I guess now, if you're in Barcelona, Los Angeles, here in Los Angeles, Chicago, or New York City, you can get food from places that might otherwise not deliver. Um, That's kind of cool. App. I guess so. I guess I don't. I, it seems weird to me because they picked cities that already have a shit ton of delivery. Yeah, options. that is kind of a. I mean, I don't know about Barcelona. I have no idea, but I would suspect that probably. Um, why don't you take it to fucking uh, Utah or something? You know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, probably can't really, but um, yeah, that's a thing. Maybe I'll maybe we'll try it or something. I don't want to give any money to Uber, but if you like Uber, you can do it, and then I'll just. I might, uh, give, it a, I might give that a shot. There's a lot of uh, controversy about this, probably for good reason. Google has a new plan to fight patent trolls by uh, buying up patents. Like if you're a small company and you've got some patents, what usually will happen is a patent troll will come along and be like, hey, I see you got some patents. You're not doing so well in business though. 
about to go under, hey, we'll buy all those patents off you for you know ten grand or whatever. A small company doesn't have the money or the time to sit there and find somebody who could pay top dollar for these patents. So they sell it off the patent troll, and the patent troll's like, yay, portfolio just got larger. I'm going to go sue a bunch of motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, so Google is like, hey, 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 why don't you sell them to us? We'll give you pretty good money, and then we promise everybody, we we'll promise we're not going to sue anyone for these patents. <sighs> That's the entirety of the announcement, is we promise... Fingers, you know, <laughs> hand on the Bible. Uh, that's hand my, on that's my problem. Is you won't, I, it's asking me to trust. It, I'm so <laughs> on the fence about this because the problem here is that we've seen that the individual small man is a fucking prick who's going to take his patents and just sue everybody that he can because 80% of them will settle out of court and – it's not going to be a lot of money, but you're getting a little drip from each one, and that yeah, that yeah. grows into a lot of money. Or we give it to a corporation who actually has the money to just sue your ass through the oblivion. Yes, and that's the problem. It's the, that's the uh, on the one hand, they're saying it publicly enough that we can all call them on it. On the other hand, what does call them on it mean? <laughs> who gives? Hey, a- you said you wouldn't. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you suck my $18 trillion dick? I could see that actually being in a press release that Google releases. I could, that whole quote. Well, that was their – Oops, I guess you could suck my $18 trillion dick, yeah. says, C- says CEO of Google. Says Larry, Larry Page or Sergey Brin. Yeah. Uh, early on Google's thing, they had an unofficial motto, don't be evil. And they've gotten called on that a shitload. In their in their uh, in their history, people have been like, "Remember, don't be evil," and they're like, "Yeah, well, you know, try not to be evil." And so they <laughs> change it to like, "Try not to be evil." Then they change it to, "Try your best to do good." To like, that's not even on the book anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even ma- I'm not like making this up. This is like a real you know their cor- corporate culture went from having that practically tattooed on their fucking building to like what? Hmm. Oh, well, yeah, we were trying. We have nap pods Uh, for the employees. (laughs) Here's a pogo stick. Uh, (laughs) Here's a bike that it takes eight of you to ride. Enjoy. Have fun. (laughs) You want to play some foosball? No, I want you to stop being evil. What's that? Have you tried the cafe? Mm, The shrimp will knock your dick in there. And you don't have to pay for any of it. It's all free. It's all good. Uh, Yeah, that is the worry. That is the worry. I mean... The tough part is, well, who else do you trust? I mean, if you're going to trust anybody, on the one hand, what Google's got going for them is they don't often, uh, they, I, to my knowledge, have not sued anyone ever over a patent. They have had to defend a shitload of patents uh, that they've been sued over, but to my knowledge, have never actually taken anyone to court over a patent. Uh, Apple has, so I probably just, don't trust I a- Apple with that. But on the other hand, Google doesn't need to make $30,000 by taking some dude to court. I have the faith in – I have more faith in the reform of patent law than one corporation owning a lot more patents than other people. We're not on on, uh, opposite sides of the aisle I figure we're not. I I wouldn't expect that we would be. In in the meantime, because our Congress is just so good at getting things done, (laughs) um, I'm sure they'll come up lickety-split with a really good solution for reforming the patent system any minute now, and it'll be flawless. But until that glorious day. The best one that I've heard so far, which I really do think solves a lot of these problems, is – 
if a company brings a patent suit forward and loses that suit, they have to pay for the other person's legal fees, which so far has been the biggest chip that they hold over people's heads. They go, you really want to pay an average of $2.4 million to fight a patent suit in court? Sure. Or sure. do you want to just settle with us out of court? Well, if that looms over their head that if they bring that suit, they might have to pay those court fees if they're not found uh, – if the suit isn't found in their favor – I'd feel comfortable with Google owning all these patents they want to own and having that. I'd feel a lot more comfortable than just Google owning all these patents and saying right, we're not right. going to sue anybody. Sure, sure. The only thing, like I said, the only thing that I, I can I, that I would put it in is Google doesn't need to sue the little guy for thirty grand a pop, whereas these patent troll companies exist solely for that purpose. Yeah, that's that's fair. Will Google sue, say, Samsung? Ah, maybe. That's a pretty good payday. That's a pretty good payday. Or Apple or whatever. Or Apple suing Samsung or vice versa. They Those three companies sue each other fucking constantly. Microsoft so seems to be staying out of this whole thing. So instead of little companies suing little companies, we'll have humongous companies suing humongous companies until eventually the biggest man is left standing and then we have a corporate monopoly over, you know, well, I, technology, I mean, basically. It's a weird thing because it's like on the one hand, I see the purpose of a patent. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm also like, how about you just no patent lasts longer than five years? You know, five years is a pretty goddamn good head start. If you've got an idea that you think is fucking awesome. All right. Put it to work. You got five years. But then the question comes is that if that product proves to be life-altering and awesome and everyone's like, yeah, best thing since sliced bread. After five years, then instead of having patent trolls, the the new age of patent troll will be the guy who sits up at 12.01 the day that patent comes up and tries to steal it from underneath that person and then make all the money that is basically off of another person's idea. So you're saying you're saying it, the product is on the market. If the pro, yeah, if the product's no, on I'm the, saying you can't re let, you can't re-register the patent. Let's suppose I'm saying you get it once, but you get five years. And if you haven't put a product to market, it's no. Regardless, you get five years. Regardless of whether you use it or not, this patent is good for five years. That's it. Because when you get right, the, when you get right so, down if to someone it, creates something awesome, like I said, someone creates something as good as sliced bread. That person doesn't deserve income on that past I'm not, five years. I'm not saying they don't, oh, yeah. but let's think about it in a, in, in a practical sense, right? Um, Apple has long bragged, you know, about their their uh, their uh, patent portfolio. Like when they announced the iPhone, Steve Jobs, when he showed off all the things, at the end he goes, and yes, we patented the hell out of this thing. And they had, you know, fucking 120 new patents on the books, right? Did that stop anyone else from making an almost identical smartphone, <clears throat> Samsung? Did it stop the Samsung from making a, a full-touch, multi-touch flat phone with a button or two on the bottom and then some buttons on the side for volume and you – touch an app icon to launch the app and it's got a web browser and an email and a phone and the phone is just an app on the phone. It didn't stop anyone from doing all of those things. They just didn't do them exactly the same fucking way, but that's how you differentiate yourself anyway. So kind of who gives a fuck? That's sort of what I'm saying is that it's like almost who gives a shit about your patent? Like, okay, uh, there was this question uh, on Quora.com, Q-U- O-R-A.com uh, is it's like a 
site where you can ask questions of a community and they'll come back with answers. Not necessarily. It doesn't always have to be like, you know, what's the square root of a monkey or whatever. It could be just random like, hey, what do you what would what would be like a, you know, a, a really uh, life altering movie for a 17 year old to watch? And people go, oh, I know. Well, someone asked the other day, how does a company like Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Apple, whatever, how do they uh, keep their proprietary source code from leaking after all these years with all these developers? How is that code not leaked? And it's a solid question, but it's coming from the wrong side of the uh, understanding of how it works. You could have Facebook's entire code base. I could give it to you. Not literally, but let's suppose Facebook was like, yeah, here's all of our code. You need to be Facebook to use that because it, you need – the, the code is not worth shit. It's the infrastructure. You don't have fucking half of the Earth's population ready for using those services. You don't have you know, 14 million photos uploaded every 30 minutes. You don't have you know, 17 hours of video uploaded every minute, you know, whatever it is. All the things that make Facebook Facebook are the infrastructure and the content. The code is kind of who gives a shit. Well, I, you I, couldn't do anything with their code. Is what I, I'm I understand what you're saying. I oh, would... uh, well, sorry. To take it a little bit further, the only people who could do something with Facebook's code would never touch it. Your Apples, your Microsofts, your Dropboxes, your Googles. Those are the only people who could actually do something with Facebook's code, but they'd never touch it with a 10-foot pole because, because it's like, sued yeah, this hell. is Facebook's code. Yeah. Now, does Facebook have a patent on, on <laughs> posting on the internet? No. But, uh, and that's but what I'm patents saying. are still – because patents – people still have to have the right to make monetary value off of an idea. That, my, my grandfather famously uh, in my family, my mom's father sold a patent that made him a bunch of money. He developed automated payroll. That was my grandfather's invention, Harmon Stone. Uh, at least as far as I know. From what I understand that my parents told me, right, right. he patented the idea of automa- automated payroll. Okay. So, you don't live in a castle, though, do you? No. Well, but that that was exactly. <laughs> do you it. get money from that? He sold. No, he sold the uh. patent because at that time he was getting pressure and he was like he, he needed the money, so he sold the patent. But mm. theoretically, yes, we would be receiving money, and if he hadn't have sold that patent, uh, that would be his right. That's his idea. Yeah, yeah. But what? But also, it, it's not like it's a – look, automated payroll, I'm not saying that at the time that wasn't a novel idea, but today anyone could do that. And I don't need to ever have seen how his works. I could write an automated po- payroll system fucking tonight. I helped build one for a website I'm working on, actually. Uh, automated pro- payroll of, of – uh, sort of clients of the website. Uh, and believe me, I never saw his patent for that. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it might have been a novel idea at the time, but who gives a fuck now, you know? And that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. It's like, whatever, five years is just, I'm throwing it out, maybe 10, I don't know. But I'm merely saying that I'm not 100% sure that patents even fucking matter. Patents shouldn't be indefinite. Well, they certainly shouldn't be indefinite, but I and also they shouldn't don't... be allowed to be as vague as they are in the, techn- in the technological world. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing is that when it comes to, like, a digital software, uh, a patent is so, like, you know, before you'd be like, oh, yeah, you pull this handle and the monkey comes out, you know? Like, oh, yeah, he's got a monkey handle puller device. Sure, patent granted. But uh, in digital software, it's like, you know, 
interface for uh, for interacting with a button on a website. It, Amazon has a one-click patent, one-click buy patent. They have a patent on when you hit buy with one click and it goes, all right, you're done. Yeah. There's no, we don't type anything in. We don't ask you how it's going to be shipped. We don't do anything. You just hit buy with one click and it sends you an email. I got into trouble with that when we bought the... Uh, the quick set lock when I was at Home Depot and I was in line and I was like, well, they don't have the quick set lock we're looking for. They don't have the right color. I'll just go on Amazon and buy it. And I, and I was like, well, there's something in my cart. I couldn't remember what it was. And I was like, I don't want to add this to my cart and then buy the other thing. I just want the lock. So I hit buy with one click and then it asked me to log in or it was starting to load the login thing. And I was like, no, no, I should just, because that other thing, it was like small. It was like a $5 item. And I was like, fuck it, throw it in with that. So I went back, hit add to cart, shop, pay, went out. Got home, two emails. <laughs> and they were like, they, they, it, so I had, to, I had to say, like, give me a refund on that. Sorry, I didn't mean to buy that with one click. Like, it was that wow, fucking it, it, instantaneous. That, that instantaneous. Now, uh, they have a fucking patent on that. Meanwhile, like, if you go on the Riffopolis store and you want to buy one of the, the comedian's albums, one of my album or Teddy's album or whatever, and you hit buy now, you click it once and then ask for your information and then you click it again. Now, you can have it save your credit card details. It doesn't save it to Riffopolis servers, but it saves it to Stripe servers. But essentially, you can have it save your credit card details uh, and attach it to, say, your phone number. So when you hit buy now, it goes, is this your phone number? And you go, yeah, and then you hit it again. For those of you wondering, Mitch showed me how it would be physically impossible for him to even be able to look at people's credit card information. Yeah, unfortunately. It was pretty, that was very moral of you. Yeah, it's well, very moral of you to build it that way. Well, you know, there's not, it's not like I have a whole lot of options. <laughs> sort, of, sort of how the Stripe system works. Also, what am I going to do with your credit card? I don't want that. I'd much rather find, I'd much rather have customers that trust me than have a bunch of credit card numbers I'll never use. What am I going to do, ship it to my house? I didn't buy that. <laughs> All right, uh, real quick news, and then we're going to get to our, our main story, even though we're running. Uh, one, what, one, one ten. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. T- yeah, we go. It's fine. Um, the Comcast Time Warner deal is officially dead. Has been for a few days now, actually. A it very small died. damn it with a lot of hell yeah behind that. Where's the small damn it? The small damn it is because I don't get Dodgers this season in our house. But that is such a small, small thing. That would not have changed with this merger. <laughs> it, it, it te- this season, no, would not have changed. It, it, they were saying how it was going to bring a big uh, – it, it was going to – Bring about the beginning of the end of the DirecTV, Sports LA, Time Warner Cable, Dish TV fight that's mm. been going on. I don't recently. think I don't think it would have made any difference. But bigger news is that the Comcast Time Warner deal officially got pulled off the table on good. the twenty fourth. Uh, and and FCC Chairman uh, Tom Wheeler. Um, people were so sure that he was a corporate shill because he worked for the uh, the lobbying of um, the the interests of like cable internet and stuff like that that they were like he's going to be a shill and blah blah and he has uh, since proved himself to to not be a shill which is interesting that and, is kind of the most amazing news in this whole thing yeah a corporate man was not a shill. Yeah, well, he's because he's now he's the you know he says like I'm I I lobbied for them and did a damn good job, but that that they're not my clients anymore. The American people are my clients, and you're like, all right, I'm watching you. Nice, <laughs> nice. That sounds about what I want you to say. Now the the interesting where it holds a little bit more water, and I don't know if I believe in this, but you're a fucking comics book 
comic books guy, so you might be into this, is that Tom Wheeler had his own little cable company long ago. Tiny little cable company, a small little town. You know, mom and pop shop cable company. Uh, probably not that tiny, but <laughs> small enough that uh, Comcast just barreled his ass over. Yeah. And uh, came and took him and then absorbed him into uh, their corporation. He worked his way up through the ranks, then went on to be the head lobbyist for the cable industry, and then now is the FCC chairman. And in a very comic book sort of way, he might be like, now. <laughs> now it's time for I payback. made it. Yeah. Now that I'm on top, you you're going down. <laughs> because since he's been in there, we've had like a nationwide discussion about net neutrality, which you, you didn't your think was ever going to happen. regulation with me, bitches. Right. And, and again, if net neutrality happens, that'll be great. I'll give him a whole bunch of kudos if we can get some net neutrality. And Obama officially said that uh, internet access should be considered a human right. Um, and and uh, ostensibly Wheeler agrees, but they haven't made any laws yet. And that would be, you know, a big thing. Um, just the fact that it's still on the table for discussion is, like, pretty big. But also that he just shut that shit down. Sure, took him a fucking year. But I think he also wanted to make him sweat. God knows how many fucking millions of dollars they spent trying to make that shit uh, happen. Yeah, I'm sure. And what changed in the meantime? Our internet connection went from literally in, um, in the matter of a year, our internet connection went up ten times. By a thousand percent. When we moved into this house, uh, more than that, when we moved into this house, we got 1.5 megabytes per second up uh, and 20, uh, 25 megabits per second down. We today, 300 megabits per second down and 30 going up. It was 20 going up. But yeah, that's right. It's one tenth. Somewhere in there. I mean, we'll never see 30, but, <laughs> but it's officially 300 down, 30 up. That's so, uh, yeah. so we got 30 times the upload speed and 10 times the download speed, over the 10 times the download speed in one – it's since that, uh, since that, uh, per, uh, that merger was proposed. And I suspect that would not have happened if the FCC didn't go like, how do we know you guys even give a shit about fast internet? <laughs> and Time Warner's like, uh, look, 300 megabits down, huh, huh? And they, they came through and they upgraded everybody's uh, infrastructure and then they gave us a call and we're like, yeah, you can you're, – you're on the f- – they didn't even give us a call rather. Just one day I noticed all of a sudden we were getting like 70 down and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, you talked – I remember when you just talked to me about the theory of gigabit uh, service and then all of a sudden there was an article about it and then all of a sudden I heard that they were testing it out somewhere in They say the we're getting nowhere, it next right? year. They say Time Warner says that they can bring it to us next year. Gigabit service for us next yes, year. Wow. Yes. Well, because you, I mean, look, what are you going to let Google fucking swipe in on all your bitches? Yeah. I mean, they're pimps. You know what I mean? You're going to let the, Google, the, the new Google who doesn't slap bitches around come in and be like, hey, ladies, <laughs> you want better treatment? Hey. And Tom Warner's like, no, nah, them is my bitches. And it's like, yeah, but you're only giving them 300 down, baby. I'm giving them 1,000. Yeah, baby. Come on over here. I'll give you that fast, fast. Mm, mm-hmm. mm, you want that fast shit. That's what's going on here. So uh, that's what Time Warner and, and Comcast. Comcast not so much afraid. Comcast has done almost nothing. What hurts nothing, the most about that analogy is we, the American people, are the prostitutes that are being pimped. Yes. By the, yes. By yeah. the cable of that the is, Internet Corporation. That is unfortunately how that, <laughs> is unfortunately how that works. Yes. Uh, this is actually not uh, all that um, 
this is this is kind of somewhat related, rather, to uh, our patent discussion and you know, a proprietary information and things like that. Uh, Wired also has an article about this, uh, the title of which, We Can't Let John Deere Destroy the Very Idea of Ownership. And the the what they're saying, the John Deere uh, uh, tractor company, is using the DMCA, Digital Millennium Copyright Act, to uh, – basically sue owners of John Deere tractors who try to work on their own tractors when they break down or you know whatever might be the problem because they have little computers in them and so John Deere is saying like oh well that's proprietary software that's our you know whatever you can't fuck with it you can't get, you don't get to touch it any modifications you make go against uh the terms and conditions of the software and uh, understandably people are very upset about this and very it, it's it's calling into question the very what they say the very idea of ownership. On the one hand, fully fully on on uh, on behalf of the the farmers, totally on their side on this one, almost a hundred percent. Certainly against John Deere, and in this scenario, fully on board, one hundred percent. And uh, in a larger way, ninety, maybe eighty five percent. What, what part of you doesn't think that once you buy something that it's yours? Well, what concerns me is the implications of saying like, oh, it's mine. I get to do what I want with it in regards to software specifically. I make websites. You know understand? If you go on the Repopolis store and you buy a copy of uh, my album, right, uh, you used my software – to and Stripe software to make the purchase and download the video. End of transaction. Everybody's happy. I got a little bit of money. You got quality entertainment. We're all good. But like what if you go, well, yeah, but my information is on that website. So I own the right to finagle my information. I own the right to finagle that website because I own a piece of it. I own you know this thing or whatever it might be. The product I, that you were if buying. You say, if you say, for instance, in the case of this John I think Deere the better thing, analogy would be if they were to then take your comedy DVD, recut it so that you were saying communist propaganda instead of your hilarious jokes, re-release it as that and that's be like, a, well, I bought trademark. it. It's mine. No, that's a trademark dispute. But um, – and that would be that would be an easy in and out. I kind of hope somebody does that. I could get a lot of money out of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, – and maybe I'd be funnier as a communist comic. Who knows? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not above saying that's the case. It's Soviet Russia. It's uh, it's because – OK. They're working on these tractors. Now let's suppose that uh, they, they have problems uh, figuring out how to work on it because of the software in there. They might request the source code for the software that runs on their tractor because they bought the tractor. And John Deere is saying, yeah, you bought the tractor but not the software. So we're not giving you the fucking source code. And if that fucking happens, that's what I'm talking about, the far-reaching implications. What if I'm saying anything you interact with, anything you purchase, you have the right to the source code? Well, now we're all fucked because I can't give you – what am I going to give you the source code to my fucking website? No, you can suck my dick. I, and I'm not saying it's proprietary and shit like that, but I spent a lot of goddamn time putting it, the whole thing together. And there are certain people uh, here in L.A., specifically a, a very specific person whose name I will never mention, who I know would fucking love to get the entire source code in a tiny little package he could throw on a website and have his own uh, digital store for selling comedy. 
<laughs> Alex knows exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah, no, uh, you know for a fact yes, if he got a yes, hold of that would. source code, that's exactly yeah, what the fuck he, he would absolutely do. Would. Now uh, he'll never get that. But if by some court order he was able to request that source code and I had to give it up, that's what I'm concerned about. I, I, I don't hear know how far. I hear that what you're saying about that, goes. but I don't even think it goes because. I do somewhat understand what they're talking about here because uh, it's the same thing with cars. With newer cars nowadays, you can't just get underneath the car sure. and work on everything. Yeah, certainly you, not, uh, for instance, a Tesla. Yeah. You, well, certainly fucked. not a Tesla, but I'm talking about most internal combustion. Yeah. I'm talking about an old any, school. Any car in the last uh, 20 years, probably. Yeah. You can't just climb on. You can't just pop the hood and they work on it. they got that ODB2 port that yep. you have to, it's got, and it's got special diagnostic information, blah, blah, blah. Yes. yes. Now, but I had a buddy who had gotten a, a cheap little laptop that he had set up to actually be able to act as a computer diagnostic machine sure. for a car. You can do that with your phone now. I, yes. And a Bluetooth dongle. <laughs> so there was, I think that things like this were usually fear of, oh, well, we advanced the software to make the technology better. Can you just let us fix it so that you don't fuck with it? But there, right. are, but there are uh, people, rightfully so, who if they purchase them, they go, yeah, yeah, you designed something great, but I wanted to do something a little bit different. Okay. That, well, is uh, it not their right to want to alter something that they purchased? Let's take this to a very real scenario that could, could or does happen. You buy a Tesla, not you, but somebody who knows more about computers than you buys a Tesla and let's suppose hacks the internals to take out a lot of the safety regulations that are all fucking electronic. That entire fucking car is electronic. Everything's a sensor that yeah, triggers a fucking program. thing. Yeah. Right. Now, I, I, hack the, I hack into the software, and I make it so that, for instance, uh, the proximity detector, instead of being 10 feet, uh, only detects up to 3 inches or some shit like that. And then I sell it off to a family, you know, or whatever the fuck. Or I disable the internal uh, system for... Uh, popping the airbag because I don't want an airbag in my face. Whatever the fuck it might be, if you hack to their software, Tesla, uh, it, not to mention the Highway Safety Commission, uh, should be well within their rights to say, no, 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 no. Now you've taken this thing and made it unsafe and illegal for driving on the road. They I need get, to keep an eye on that. I now, understand now, safety regulations, we're not, though. In, in the case of John Deere tractors, we're, yes, we're not talking about things that are going on the road. So, but how do you make a law that only applies to things that go on the road and not on tractors? Now, John Deere is trying to pull the, like, this should be a, and that's, that's why its article is like, we can't let John Deere have a blanket argument or have a blanket statement about all these things, which I agree with. It's a slippery slope. But yes, on the other hand of it, there is sort of a thing with, as it comes to ownership and, and computers and things like that, where we're sort of letting you use the software. You don't own it. And if you modify it beyond a certain amount, then, you know, that's a violation of this, that, and the other thing. Now, in, in most cases, that doesn't matter. If we hacked our nest to do some fucking weird thing, you know, like take a picture of titties every time you want. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> You could, I could put it, you know, it's definitely got a light sensor. God knows if it has also some kind of small, you know, low res webcam in there, but I could certainly put one in there. It's got enough shit inside of it. Maybe I put it in a fucking webcam inside the nest. It doesn't matter. That doesn't hurt anybody. Whatever the fuck. I've got a, I've got a webcam inside my nest. Okay, big fuck. 
for all I know, there's one in there. The NSA's got a direct back door to it. And every time we walk past the NSA, he's like, there they are. <laughs> Fucking bastards. They're going out to smoke a cigar. We're gonna no, but this, them, is, this is John Deere going to a farmer in Arkansas who's going, my, my sod is wet. I want to plug in my John Deere to a computer that I have on my farm to tell it that I want its gear ratio to send more torque to the back tires so I could dig through wet mud. And they're going, no, 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 we got to have our guy do that and approve it first. Right. And their argument via the DMCA is that uh, you are essentially uh, breaking their copyright by making your own version. I thought this was America. I, this is America. I thought this was America. I'm pretty sure this is America. Pretty sure this is America. Well, like people, uh, companies have used the DMCA to stop owners from modifying the programming on smart kitty litter boxes, uh, or installing custom software on the iPad, or of course, in this case, calibrating their tractor's engine. And yeah, Apple. Uh, I don't think Apple's ever actually sued, done a done a DMCA request against anybody for modifying the software on their phones. Um, that, I know that it's it's it absolutely violates your warranty. <laughs> Fucking yes, but you know I've taken in a jailbroken phone to Apple that I completely bricked, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, it won't turn on. They just gave me a new phone, and I was like, boy, <laughs> before they asked any fucking questions, and I got out scot free. But um, I'm sure if they, yeah, guarantee if they knew that I fucking jailbroke the thing before it died, they'd be like, no, you can go suck a dick. Um, but that's and that's their right to do that. You know what I mean? They don't have to support whatever weird shit I'm going to do with their phone that's completely outside of anything they ever wanted anybody to do. But at the same time, I don't think and I feel but free to a correct bi- me But there's wrong. a big difference between voiding warranties. Yes, this is true. But also, if if I may, you know, what something Apple might have done, I don't know. But and this would make sense is say a cease and desist if I was. Uh, distributing software to help you jailbreak your iPhone, which happens all the time. The people distribute that software constantly. But like, let's suppose I was like, hey, uh, don't. Don't do that because these are our customers. Those are our phones. That's our software. Uh, it's going to fucking be a nightmare on our customer service, which is from the outset the the most innocent way you could take it um, is this will be a nightmare for our customer service, basically. Now, if they can prevent that by filing a DMCA request, I imagine that they would. And I imagine to some degree they might have, but I don't think an individual user they give a shit about. They're talking about the person who's distributing the the software that Been hacks modified. the phone. You know, and uh, and that's, you know, that that concerns Apple, as you might imagine. And to some degree it could concern, for instance, with a jailbroken iPhone, you can download free apps and shit. You don't have to pay for apps in the iStore, uh, App Store, uh, which cuts into Apple's bottom line, which of course they're going to be very upset about that. They have a very carefully curated walled garden that uh, you know makes them a shit ton of money every year. And so if you can come along and hack your shit and then get that for free, that's going to make them very upset. Not saying that you shouldn't be allowed to do whatever the fuck you want with a device that you own, but that's at least where the logic comes from. Again, John Deere tractor does not apply. This does not apply to John Deere tractor. However, one could make the argument that let's suppose I uh, I reverse engineered John Deere tractor's internal um, computing and found a, a, a dip switch sort of thing or an electronic one, and I found oh I see, I can I can alter this and you can do this with your John Deere tractor that you couldn't before. Now um, I've created a patch and I put it on a USB drive and I go, yeah, stick this into your tractor and you're all good. That's what John Deere 
from the outset is trying to avoid. I understand. I don't think, again, I don't think necessarily that they should be allowed, but they could at least, at the most, rather, uh, they should be able to go, yeah, that voids your fucking warrant. It's a marriage of one thing that's a problem and and another thing that's just a, a, a what happens with the times, which the thing that happens with the times is nowadays there's a computer chip in almost anything that we will ever buy. Yes. Not in my coffee. <laughs> Not there's, in this coffee mug here. There's a, there's a computer chip in, all, in almost everything. And the really shitty thing, unfortunately, is that because in the beginning we didn't know what was going on with all this technology law, we wrote it all so fucking vague that you people, I feel like right now, a patent over anything software or technology-based is so much is allowed to be a a lot more vague in its language and b far more widespread and all encompassing yes than any like the po- like the podcast uh, patent yes you know it, than any kind of you know oh I invented a new bowling ball it's only got two holes it, it's way more yeah, encompassing yeah. than anything else that I've ever seen so with a computer chip and everything and their ability to be vague and own everything it's kind of natural naturally some shit like this was going to happen but that's where once again we have to go if well let me give you an example let me let me see please. where you see where you come down on this uh keurig yeah. uh their their newest uh keurig is has has terrible reviews on amazon like one star reviews because they put a drm chip in there digital rights management chip inside the uh where you put the coffee pods that has a tiny little sensor and when you buy official Keurig coffee pods or from their official uh, manufacturers' uh, partners, right, uh, when you put one of those pods in there, the sensor goes, oh, yeah, this is good. If you don't, it tells you to go fuck yourself. And it doesn't let you use the pod that you have. The empty one that you can just put coffee grounds doesn't let you use that anymore. There's none of that. They don't have one like that. So a company came along and said, well, I know how to disable that DRM chip. And they fucking put this thing on the bottom of the pod and they sell their own coffee pods that work with older Keurigs. And so they were like, buy any of them and we'll give you the little thing to disable the DRM. And it's just a thing that you kind of, it's like a sleeve you stick in there and you can use whatever the fuck you want. It works like your old Keurig. Now, of course, what do you think Keurig did? Sued the shit out. Sued the living shit out of them, DMCA. Whose side? Whose side are you on? (laughs) Uh, it's a pretty cut and dry one, but still, that's an example of hacking their I come down on, I come down on the side of the hacker, actually, there. Yeah. I, 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 and for I the, bought a coffee maker to make for to be making coffee. I don't want to use the shit that you're making me use. I'd rather use whatever the fuck. But tell that to a printing company. I, the, and was, that's the problem with how vague the D, that whole DMCA thing is. Really, the patent that they own should be on that chip. That chip is their chip. The ability to deactivate it should not be a patentable uh, commodity. It's not. Which it's, DMCA it, is not related to patents at all. Or, uh, pat, I, I, I mean, I'm using that as copyright, a copyright. It's the Digital Mail yeah, and Copyright yeah. Act, but it's about like, okay, we, ha- we own this software or this uh, series of... Uh, Code, yeah, Yeah, or algorithms or whatever have you. That's our proprietary uh, property. And so any mucking around with it is a violation of our copyright, much like uh, 
this is not true, but people always used to be like, oh, you can't put non-Heinz in a Heinz bottle in a restaurant, you know. And, and I don't think anybody gives a fuck. But theoretically, yes, if you put non-Heinz in a Heinz bottle in a restaurant, you are violating the copyright of Heinz because... I've had a few times where it felt like they put some water in there, but... You know. Probably so. See. <laughs> now that's a violation of the Heinz copyright because they have a very specific... Like, we put our label... On this particular ketchup, if you're going to put not our ketchup in there, you're violating our copyright. You're putting our name on something that is not. I and support Heinz ratings. more in that situation. Okay, but this is to some degree the same fucking thing. Because you're saying, like, I own the copyright on this chunk of code. The moment you modify it, it's no longer that chunk of code. Now you're claiming it for yourself. You're taking it and, and modifying it in your own way. Here's where, where, here's cha- where the where difference it varies is, though. is that a private versus a company. A restaurant with a Heinz bottle versus somebody at home with a Heinz bottle, totally different thing. I, no, actually, I disagree. Uh, where it is is that when the restaurant buys the Heinz bottle, I oh, I've taken this Heinz. I now own this Heinz. I am going to serve this Heinz to my customers. Are you talking about the ketchup or the, the bottle? Ketchup. The or ketchup. Or the whole thing? The whole thing. The, the all-encompassing. Okay. All right. With Keurig, what they've done is they go, okay, you buy our coffee machine. Mm-hmm. All right? This coffee machine's got some really cool stuff. Oh, you want to make coffee in it? Cool. We have other companies over here. You can only buy from them mm-hmm. in order to put that coffee in here. And someone else goes, yeah, but I, I have this coffee that I really like. Yeah, well, fuck you. You don't get to. That's where the disconnect is in here. If I want ketchup, there's ketchup on the table. I get ketchup. This would be as if I were to pick up that ketchup bottle and there you go. Oh, oh, yeah, we have to have a guy come over and put the ketchup in the bottle, and then you can squeeze it out of the bottle onto your burger. Wouldn't it be essentially the same as you cannot run iOS apps on your Android phone and vice versa? No. I, wouldn't I, that be essentially because Apple's saying the only, only apps you can get for your phone are through this thing called the App Store. You cannot get them anywhere else to put on your phone. You can only get them here through our store. From these people we have hand-selected and hand-picked and approved for you to use on your phone. And the same, well, kind of the same. I think Android can run non-Play Store apps, but you have to, like, do some shit, like some rooting. I'm, I, I'm given to understand it's not that difficult, but you can. But let's just suppose it would be the same. Essentially, they're doing the exact same thing. And jailbreaking my phone is the same thing as disabling Keurig's DRM, which is saying, fuck you. I'll run whatever the fuck I want on my phone. I... This is and this is where I go. Listen, you want to void my warranty because I'm altering your software? Fine. Yeah. V- void my warranty. Yeah. But once I buy it, it's fucking mine. Yeah. I own it. This is I bought this from you to do with if I want to bring it home and fuck it, I get to take that Keurig home and rub my dick all over it. Yeah. That's yeah. my business. Uh-huh. So if if my dick doesn't have a chip in it that fucking turns off their DSR, whatever the fuck. DRM. DRM. Then, oh, they're going to come and sue me. No, fuck you. No, that is, I'm, if I buy it, it's mine. Okay. I, I don't ever believe that if you buy something, you own everything in it. Does that mean that you can resell uh, altered versions of it? No. I'm not talking about resale, but I'm saying that once a consumer buys a product, that product's theirs. Resale and anything, as soon as you alter it, your warranty's done. You try and sell it, now you're doing, now you're infringing copyright. Hmm. That's where, that's where the line is for me. 
But if you buy it, man, that's, that's fucking yours. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, do you think the same should apply to software? Yeah. I, <sighs> that's the tricky. That's, that's what John I, Deere and Keurig and Apple and Google, eh, not so much Google. I guess they don't really does care. It mean Probably that, Microsoft. Does it mean that you, that, that you have to you. give me your source code for how you wrote it? No. But does that mean if I have a program that I can plug into it to be able to read the diagnostics and work on it? Then you're fine. Right. I, that, yeah, yeah. I don't see where the problem is. That if I go, as you said, there's now a, a cell phone app that I could download to plug into my car. Yeah. Well, that's because somebody took the time to figure out how to make that work. I, that's his right. right. To, I, that's uh, his right to design. I, I. But, but bringing it back real quick before we end to patents. That is essentially what I was saying with patents is like, who gives a fuck? Like the shit's out there in the world. You made a product. You made a, you made a smartphone. Congratulations, Apple. Congratulations, Samsung. Congratulations, whomever. You made a phone. Hey, cool. Uh, can I have one? Thanks. And like, I, that's it. I don't have the ability to ramp up production on a fucking iPhone. I don't give a fuck how many goddamn patents you have. It could be free and clear for anybody to make an iPhone. I'm not going to go in the garage and pound together a fucking iPhone or a fucking S6 or a whatever the fuck. We don't have that ability. We don't have the manufacturing. It doesn't – you need that infrastructure to make it fucking happen. So it's almost like who gives a shit about your dumb patent? And also kind of, yeah, who gives a fuck about your copyright and your DMCA and all this different shit? There wouldn't be a YouTube, by the way, without a DMCA because that's what, that's what, kept, the, that's what kept everybody at, at bay. That's what kept all the record labels at bay was, was Google was like, no, 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 we'll, we'll put out DMCA requests. Now that's gone to ridiculous levels as well. Like I, I had a – um, the the first two videos I put on YouTube were my first two performances at the uh, Irvine Improv. And then later they got some fucking crew in there that were like, we're in charge of all digital things for the improv. And they filed a DMCA takedown request for my video. And I was like, that's me in the video. I shot that with my own camera. And they were like, yeah, there's no unauthorized filming at the Irvine Improv. And I was like, okay, but that wasn't the case 10 years ago when I fucking filmed this or eight years ago, whatever the fuck it was. Like, that wasn't the case at the time. I knew Te- the manager. Uh, t- technically, the, I, I will say this only from knowing from inside information. The manager, when he gave you permission, didn't have permission to give you permission. No, or, Unfortunately for a lot of comics, you, nobody's allowed to take a picture. I, I, I shouldn't say my Facebook... Uh, my Facebook profile picture, if anybody at the improv wanted to, I, I should be forced to take that down. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. It's your face. I, I, I agree, but that's if the, the person, if No, if the person is, who's in the – for instance, it's illegal to take a photo of the Eiffel Tower at night under a copyright act. So what? Yes, because a company French. Has, has – no, it's because a company owns the rights to the – to the light show that's done at the top of the Eiffel Tower, they they have a patent on it or whatever the fuck they have they have the rights to it, so they have the rights to say digital reproductions of this, for instance. So if you take a photo at night of the Eiffel Tower, technically you're breaking their you know copyright. I'm booking tickets to Paris tomorrow. I mean, I'm bringing, I'm I'm bringing not saying, all the digital cameras. I'm, I'm snapping pictures. Let them come after me. I don't know if they have like cops there. They're like, oh, excuse me, monsieur. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I'm, I'm merely saying that as a for instance. But I'm saying yeah. that no, yeah. if I, with my own camera, take photos and or video of me at the improv, fuck you. That's me. 
you can go suck one. But Google sided with them and said, hey, take it up with them. And I took it up with them. And they were like, yeah, we don't, the guy you got to talk to isn't here today. You know what I mean? Could never get a fucking answer out of him. No, Those videos are still not on YouTube because of that. And my, my account, in the history of my account, which I've had for all these fucking years, still has two dings on it because of those. Hmm. I think I get five dings, but I still got two dings from those. I got two dings on my account because I uploaded, quote-unquote, copyright, uh, copyrighted material, but I didn't. It's fucking my material. 100% my material. My face. My fucking camera. Fuck you. But, yeah, that's, it, all, it's all kind of related to that. There's people that are like, oh, we have this proprietary information. We don't, want it, we don't want anybody else to come along and do something along with it. But, you know, how badly does a company wish that, how bad does Ikea wish that they had a patent on shelves? <laughs> so we couldn't just go in our garage and build God, a shelving if I, unit. If Ikea had a patent on the Allen wrench, oh, my God. Yeah, oh, God. And yeah, I'm surprised they haven't made their own wrench at this point, frankly, because you'd think. Uh, but whatever. Um, probably just cost too much to manufacture the things. But... Yeah, same kind of thing. It's it, it patent to patent to schmack and back. You know, at some point somebody was like, "This is how you make a shelf," and that was the you know, and you patent it or some special way of making a shelf. Somebody had a patent at one point on a special way of making a shelf, and we now just don't give a shit. Or maybe nobody does it that way. But I just think patents uh, hinder the progress, and I think to some degree copyright hinders progress. And in the case of the DMCA, I think. Um, it's definitely far too reaching. I think definitely John Deere should not be allowed to tell somebody that they can't work on their fucking tractor. Uh, they can say, you voice your warranty. That's your, that's your right. It's your product, you know. And if I'm taking it back to you and making it your problem, you're well within your rights yeah, to say, I not my it, fucking problem. Yeah, if anymore. I break it because of my own – if I plug in a computer to my John Deere tractor to try and change the torque output and I completely crash the entire effing thing – yeah, I got to pay John Deere to come out and fix that. That's on me. That's my financial but maybe responsibility. They go, well, we can't fix it at this point. You, and if they can't fix to. it, that's my fault. Right. Okay. I, I fucked that up. Yeah. I uh, we're on the same page on that one. That's where I think. Yeah. Void that's why void. I've even told you. I go. There's a lot of things that I'm happy to do myself, but you even judge me sometimes where there are things that I want to pay other people to do. Yeah. And it's for exactly this reason: is that I go, if I if I do it, it's my fault. If somebody else does it, I have someone to hold accountable for it at least. Yeah, no, I mean, it's why, you know, I'll shop on Amazon all the live long day, but I don't necessarily just, you know, go to any site that's selling something and buy it. You know what I mean? I need to like, I'm going to check their credentials. I'm going to see like, who's your, I'm going to check your safety seal guarantee. I'm mm-hmm. going to check your SSL certificate. I'm going to check all kinds of shit because I don't want to just, I'm just giving you money. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know? And you're, you're, of course, welcome to do that at any point on the Refopolis store. Check, uh, check my credentials and my SSL certificates. Uh um, Very proud of those. Yeah, you know, I'm just letting you know. Uh, all, all things are valid and uh, and on the records there. Um, and, of course, uh, Stripe is uh, is underwriting all of the holding on to your credit card shit, so you can take that up with them, and they'll be happy to, uh, you know, provide you the same information. Um, but, yeah, you know, that's – like I said, the only thing that concerned me is once you start breaking down the whole thing of like, well, everybody owns this and so on and so forth – I worry pretty much just as a website maker, as a person who makes websites, I worry that there might be a time, there might be a mm, – it might go too far in the consumer arena where somebody goes, well, I paid for this internet connection, so I'm paying money to use this website. and Or I paid for an account on this website, like a monthly fee towards this website, so I own 
this website or I own part of this website and I own the right to do this and that and the other thing. But that's uh, – once again, that's all in the scripting of if somebody's it, – it, it's as simple as in the in the line of the agreements when somebody's buying something, you go, "This does not entitle you to any of the source code related to this website." Boom. I, I mean, there are holes to protect everybody, and it takes a lot to get the language to where it's fair for both sides. But uh, I agree with you; something needs to change. That's definitely weighted right now a lot more towards uh, the corporations having the power, not the people who purchase. These items, yeah. So, yeah, something needs to change. I, I can definitely be. I, I'll get you behind you on that. Re- one. Reform, reform all around. Certainly, reform re- for everybody. Reform and refopolis. <laughs> uh, it's been vulgar tech episode <clears throat> seven, and uh, we'll be back again uh, sometime next week. We'll have more information about the Tesla battery, uh, presumably because they'll have announced something by that point. <laughs> Other um, than everything else that they kind of announced. <laughs> not going to tell you anything. Just going to say it's a battery. Just going to say it goes in your home. I'm not Just saying anything. Say. It goes in your house. It, it'll cost you $3,300. It is essentially uh, uh, your, your girlfriend, Alex's girlfriend, Sydney, uh, whenever I have a surprise for her. Um, she will. She basically drills me as if that's what I'm going to do. As if I'm going to go. Oh, it's nothing. It's a shirt. <laughs> it just has a design on it. It's a Game of Thrones related design on a shirt. It's small. It's black. I'm not telling you. It's got a design, that. but I'm not going to tell you anything else. <laughs> but meanwhile, I just go. You'll see. You'll get home, and she's like, "Damn it, I'm at work." What is it? And I'm like, "I'm sorry. I'll tell you when you get home, or you'll see it when you get home." When we got the fucking Amazon Echo, she was like, "Oh my god, I want to." Can I see the videos that you guys took? Could you take a video? And I'm like, no, just you'll see it when you get home. Ah, oh, damn it! I was like, there's other things. What else? And that was the day we installed the Nest, and I was like, I really hope she doesn't download the bonus version <laughs> of the podcast because I I posted it before she got home. And yeah, theoretically she could have, but it would have required her to figure out how to work a podcast. I guess. Uh, yeah, I was lucky. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back again next week. Uh, you can find us at uh, riffopolis.com. And uh, Vulgar Tech, and uh, on the Vulgar Tech page, you can of course contact either myself or Alex uh, personally via you know a messaging system, or you can find me on Twitter at Reverend Mitch. It's R E V M I T, as in Tom, C as in Cat, Z as in Zebra. You can also go to the website R E V M I T C Z or R E V M I T C H dot com, and you can hit up Alex on Twitter at A M A N D E L B E R G. Thank I'm going to just have to start using a funny Jew. Yeah, it's a much better It Twitter. is a lot. It's Tell, easy to remember. Tweet to a funny Jew, at a funny Jew. Uh, that's Alex's other Twitter handle that I got for him. Tweet at that and tell him that you will follow him if he switches over to start using that. <laughs> and then maybe I don't have to fucking sit here and type, say uh, this fucking 7,000 character long worst Twitter handle ever string. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, we'll catch you again, Rafopoulos. Thank you, Rafopoulos. Thank you.